RadioInfluence.com. Hey gang, welcome to another episode of the Real Animals Podcast, always presented by my good friends at Contender Boat. Super, super excited today, and we're going to get to spend a little time with the founder of PowerPole Shallow Water Anchor. Uh, 22 years ago, 1999, he invented the PowerPole Shallow Water Anchor, and uh, most of you know him, but for those of you who don't, he is John Oliverio. John, how are you today, pal? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you doing? You know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to uh, to get to spend a little time talking to you. Um, you know, the obvious thing to do uh, when you get John Oliverio uh, on the, you know, to sit down for a couple minutes, because I know how busy you are. The obvious thing to do is, you know, you want to talk power pole and all those things. But I, I think it's important to let people know, you know, the John... Oliverio that I first met, obviously, you know, we first met PowerPole was, was really just kind of coming on the scene, but it was a lot of tournament time that we spent together. And I spent watching your name up on the leaderboard and all that stuff. So I really want to kind of dive in and and let some of my listeners know, and heck I'm interested in knowing, you know, how did, how did John Oliverio become such an avid outdoorsman? How did that start for you? Was it, you know, did you fish as a kid or is it something that came to you later? How'd that whole thing get rolling? Well, for as long as I can remember, my grandpa was my hero in fishing. And he would, even before I was old enough to fish, I have photographs of me sitting there watching them clean the fish and just um, on and on until I was old enough to fish. And then he would take me every weekend. He moved down to Florida when I was like eight years old, lived down the road from me. And, uh, I'd go down to his house, say, Papa, let's go fishing. And he said, well, John, I got to mow the lawn and do this and that. And I said, I'll help you. And we'd work around his house and then we'd go fishing for the afternoon. And that's, that's how my childhood was. I didn't, I didn't know anything but fishing. I, I'd walk home from school and we'd go past the Hickory Lake and I always had a little cane pole and some fishing string and uh, hiding in the bushes and me and my friend would dig up worms and catch bluegills and drag them home on a stringer and eat them. <laughs> just, it, just never thought of anything but fishing. And uh, as, as I got older and I, I had my own boat, um, that went in from fishing from the shore, which my grandpa and I, we always fished from whatever pier or bridge we could find. And sometimes we didn't catch a thing, but I was just as happy to sit there all day and try to catch something. Um, but, it, you know, I grew and I, 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 16 years old, I got my first boat. Um, just found the passion of not necessarily catching fish, but just being on the water or being in the environment or, or maybe it was just the lure of possibly catching a fish. Something about it attracted me and I just couldn't, couldn't give up any chance to go do it. <laughs> I, I fully, uh, I fully resemble that, uh, evaluation. <laughs> I understand it completely. Um, so, so it, it kind of started, it sounds like it started maybe a little bit more freshwater for you and then rolled to the salt or did you kind of do both with your grandfather? My grandfather mostly took me saltwater fishing. Okay. Um, yeah, we go to the Gandy bridge back when you could walk on the boardwalk down below the bridge or, um, there were always little 
vacant lots and places to get to the water down around like Shell Point area. And we had our favorite spots that we'd visit, and depending on whatever, you choose something. But um, great memories. Just I, I wish my grandpa was still around to, to watch the successes of what he started. But um, he saw the beginning of Power Pole, and he was always real proud of me. And that's super cool. It's so many, it's, I've done so many of these podcasts and so many of them as I, I often lead with that question to kind of get a basis for how things start with a lot of us. And it, it almost always seems to point to um, a father, a mother, you know, a, a grandfather, an uncle, a cousin, something, somebody introduce them. You know, we're always, I'm always pitching on the radio. Hey, you know, take a kid fishing, get out there, you know, Put these kids on the water. Don't let them sit and stare at the TV and everything else. Get them on the water. So uh, that's really cool. So, so obviously, you uh, you become pretty good at it because you uh, you fished on the Pro Redfish Tournament Trail. Were you at the very first IFA in Jacksonville with us? You know, I was, but I was not there as an angler. Okay. If you remember back, I think it was the entire first year I didn't fish. But I basically traveled with Greg and Brian and CA, and I would I'd sleep on the floor in the hotel because I couldn't afford my own room, and and then they'd come back from fishing. You guys would come back from fishing, and I would have that cooler full of beer and Gatorade and waters. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Remember. And, I'd, and I'd hand out brochures and, and and introduce myself to everybody and show them, you know, the power pole, and it that's kind of the beginning of it. And so I traveled around and while, while all you guys are out fishing, I was visiting all the local dealers, just dropping off brochures. And I learned real quick. I said, you know, don't even worry about trying to sell it to them because they, they don't have a clue. You know, they, I'd walk into a dealership and, and with some brochures, I say, Hey, have you heard of this? And now, and I show it to them and yeah, that's kind of cool, but just no interest at all. Like they, they looked at me like I was from another planet. Um, <laughs> But I left the brochures and I said, well, if anybody asks, you know, you had to get a hold of me. Well, you guys would travel around. I say you guys, I mean, the, the entire IFA circuit. And there was a good hundred plus boats there. And in, in that first year, I got almost half of the boats that were fishing to run power poles. Maybe even more than that. And so you were like traveling sales reps. You would go from town to town to town showing, uh, everybody in the in the in the local area that you know the professional guys had this new product on the back of their boat called a power pole and that was kind of the beginning of it everybody that saw it kind of associated the power pole to a professional fisherman and uh and so those brochures that i was dropping off eventually they would call and i'd start fielding orders and that that was the beginning of it now how did how did um let's just fast forward just a little bit how did how did the idea first come to you? What day, what were you so doing? What, yeah. What were you doing when it all, when the, when the light came on and you were like, man, I got to do something here. Uh, it was November of 97 and I was fishing long bar in Sarasota. I don't know if you've ever done this, but, or how much information you want me to, it's nothing. <laughs> no, you can do, I guess everybody knows about long bar. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> There's the deep side. That's I guess that's the south edge of it in Sarasota Bay. Channel side. I always call it the channel side. Yep. Yep. 
you could run your boat and, and I had a tower boat back then I'd run down that deep side and look and I could see the water was so clear I'd see those sand holes and I could see just wads of snook sitting in these sand holes well the wind was blowing about 20 this day and and I would try to figure out where the boat is going to end up when I let you know 30 foot of line out to, to anchor and the bow of the boat would swing way to the right and then it would swing way to the left and one minute I'm too close and one minute I'm too far and I'd make adjustments and then next thing you know I'm scaring all the fish away and I'm aggravated and I was like man if I could just stay right here I'll catch every one of those snook and that's I remember so clear that was the day I said man why doesn't somebody make this and I thought well maybe you know it'd be too expensive maybe it's too unreliable whatever and but it got my wheels turning and, and i made a prototype about three months later i had one operating on my boat that's crazy that's crazy that is so crazy it's it's really crazy for somebody like me who who kind of broke into the scene just about the time this was all happening i was just kind of rolling into the saltwater scene um getting my feet wet, grinding, trying to make a name for myself. And to see, again, you know, where from that day on a on the Sarasota, on the Sarasota Flats in the bay there to where Power Pole stands now, that's crazy. It's been quite the roller coaster. <laughs> I just can't even I mean you you can't you can't turn on, you know, I'm a big major league fishing fan and you know I, I, I watch the bass guys and follow the bass guys and there's just all over the country john these, these people are now using mm-hmm. this thing that came to you on sarasota bay what is how does that make you feel when you see that do you ever take time to just sit back and go wow this is crazy you mean you mean kind of like pinch yourself type moment? yeah yeah you know it's it's funny mike it it you would think by now I would be numb to it a little bit, but I can't tell you how many times I sit there, you know, at a, a tournament and looking at all these amazing anglers. They don't know me from anybody. I'm kind of blending in with a crowd, but they're out there and they're pulling up to the shore and they're putting their poles down, holding their boats. And I just sit there and go, man, that is like the coolest thing. <laughs> and only, only I can soak it up because it's only, you know, Nobody else around me even knows who I am or what, why I'm there, but it's just amazing to me. I, 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 it never gets old. What was the first moment? Is there, is there, was there something along the way where it, it kind of, you know, hit you upside the head where you're like, you know, I, I talked, I fished a bunch with Mark Nichols back in the day when DOA was a sponsor of my show. And I remember Nichols telling uh, Billy and I that one day he went to a bridge to do some fishing and he looked up and on the power line, there by the bridge was one of his lures hanging and he thought that was the day uh-huh. that it dawned on him that wow i think i'm onto something these people are really using my lures is there a moment like that for you um i've got a couple of them um the 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 first moment i had was the very first prototype well actually it wasn't the prototype it was the first that was almost production. So it, it actually looked and felt like a kind of like they do now, but much more crude. I took it up to, um, Greg and Brian Watts had a fiberglass shop in plant city and I took it up there and they were like my heroes, man. I, 
everybody around them just worships the ground they walk on when you talk about <laughs> fishing. Fishing legends, and, uh, yep. Yeah, so I, I pulled my boat up there, and I and there was Brian Watts, and he walks over and looks at the boat, and I say, hey, check this out. Um, it's a new invention I got. What do you think? And I pushed the button on the dash, and it went down and hit the ground, and I put it back up, and he looked at me and goes, yeah, that's cool, but I don't anchor. And he turned his back to me and walked away. I thought, oh, shit. Yeah, boy, that was a strikeout. <laughs> right. And then... A little bit later, his brother, the, the good twin, I call him, Greg, <laughs> comes up, and I should same spiel, show it to him, and he's like, "Wow, that's pretty nice." And uh, you know, how much? I want to try it out. And so I said, "You just pay for the pump, and I'll give you the rest." And I think back then it was a Bennett pump, and and so it was like two hundred fifty bucks. He took two hundred fifty dollars out of his pocket, gave it to me, and we put one on his boat him and Brian fished a tournament together that next weekend. And I knew when Brian came back to me and said, all right, I want one. That was the moment that I was like, all right, I got it. There's a guy that he knows fishing. He knows oh, yeah. what and how and when everything. And his first instinct was what most people have. They looked at it and said, nah, not for me, but when he experienced it and he saw what it could do for the day on the water of fishing, and he came back to me and said, all right, I want one too. It was a done deal. I, I, money in the bank to me. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the big point, big turning point. Gave me the energy, gave me the, the drive that said, you know what? This is going to go. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. And Brian and Greg are um, – it, it kind of leads me into into a thought and, and into a, into another part of our discussion. I, I say this on the radio all the time when 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 power pole comes up and and you know power pole being a, a you being a local guy to the Tampa area, me being a Tampa guy, the radio shows being you know obviously they're on iHeart but they're primarily local stuff, and so power pole comes up a lot and it has come up a lot over the years and I've always said that. I think John Oliverio has a very unique mindset when it comes to, you know, creating things, the imagination, the, 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 the way you work through these processes and get things better and better. I mean, we've seen power pole go from, you know, one per boat to two per boat, you know, six, eight, 10 footers. I mean, we've seen this, you know, you know, you had a watch for a while, you could push a button on a watch and it would go down and, you know, all this, these different, you know, you guys went green. So you were, you were being good to the environment. I mean, there's so many pieces of this that you keep evolving that are, are very, very impressive. And then the power pole charges out, which is an amazing product. I, everyone I talk to, the one on my boat, just, it never ceases to amaze me. I constantly tell people that you, there is no other charger to get. So your mindset doing those types of things is impressive, but what really strikes me is, and I'm over by the, I'm, I'm at power pole probably four or five times a year. And it's the same people. Like you have some of the same people from when you first started. And I always tell people, I think John Oliveri, one of his gifts that goes underappreciated by people is your ability to find the right people to help you do the things you want to do. To me, that, that is a piece of the puzzle that is just huge because you have great people working for you. And I got to believe that makes your job easier. 
I, I think a lot of it, to be honest with you, has to do with necessity. So when you, you think, think back, Mike, the beginning of PowerPole, how many tournaments did I fish a year? 10, 15 tournaments a year? And, and I practiced for a full week. Sure. So that's 10, 15 weeks a year that I, I wasn't present. And as you know, we went from, you know, just three employees to 25 employees while I had that schedule being gone that much. And I had to put people in place that could handle 100% of all of the tasks that I would have done if I were there out of necessity. There was no choice for me. I had to do it. There's no way I could do both. Right. And, and, and that's a hard thing for a lot of business owners and, and even managers to grasp is when you hire somebody to do a job, you outline what their job is and you have to explicitly 100% trust them. You can't micromanage that person. You can't sit there every time they do something question even if you know what they're getting ready to do might be wrong, you have to let them learn from their mistakes because that mistake is going to make them more valuable because they won't do it again, obviously, hopefully. And when you take that approach to your employees, they really appreciate it. They like to know that if I make a, I live and die by my decisions. If I make a mistake, then it's, you know, I pay the price. If I do something really good, then I get all the glory and you give that to your employees when you give them the power to make decisions um, and to do things the way they would do them. And uh, what you end up with is an environment that's not being micromanaged. People know what they have to do. They know what you do with what, what we expect out of them. And um, we hold a real high level uh, of uh, ethics and and um, performance, whether it be through uh, showing up on time or, you know, m- most important for me is if you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't don't um, procrastinate. procrastinate. Yeah. Don't <laughs> you know? Yeah, just you know, follow through and and be responsible, be diligent, and. Um, great things will happen. And, and so now here we are, we've got, I think the last I looked, we've got right at about 150 employees. I spent a lot of my time in the engineering department, but I could, I could literally pack my bags and go away for six months and this business wouldn't miss a beat. That's, impressive. that's a good place to be as a business. So, you know, it's hard to get there and it's, at the beginning, it was from necessity, but I learned quickly that, wow, that works, you know, to, to give people that power and to give them the, the um, responsibilities. You find out that even somebody that you would never expect to have those qualities, when you give them that confidence and you look them in the eye and say, man, you got this, they can, you know, it, it causes them to shine. You know, you can, you can take, everybody's got issues. You can take somebody who is 50 50 right you know 50 percent good and 50 percent bad and you can bring out that good in them and make them 99 percent good just by giving them that confidence just by instilling in them the uh respect and the we call it jail marine way but you know it's 
um, it's, it's really a neat thing to watch the managers that I've worked with since the beginning do the same exact thing to the people that they're trying to develop and grow in the, you know, up, up the ranks of the company and to watch that whole process. It just, it's infectious. You know, it's, it, it, uh, it trickles uphill and downhill. Would you say that that's the reason? I mean, one of the things you hear about PowerPole probably more than any other thing, I think those people that know what PowerPole is and know what the PowerPole does for them, you know, they're kind of like, okay, it's been around a while. We know it's, you got to have a PowerPole. It stops you on the spot. It keeps your boat in the right position, all that. But I think the one thing that I still hear more often than anything is I hear about customer service. Is that, do you think that's, in correlation to the way you've developed the the brand and and the personnel that you have working for you, or is that something that you guys teach in a different way? Um, that's a little bit different. So that's more of a philosophy of customer service. And um, if nothing ever broke on the power pole, if it if, if people bought it and I don't want to say like we do this on purpose because we don't, but if people bought a power pole and never broke, we would not have good customer service. We'd have no customer service. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, well, I guess that, you know, talk about buying new parts, you know, if you wanted to buy a new power pole, being able to facilitate an order. Um, but that being said, so things happen. We try our best to engineer it so that it, never happens but unfortunately things are going to happen whether they're the product's fault the production fault or maybe the user's fault doesn't matter when somebody calls our office and has a problem we're looking for a solution we try to put ourselves into their shoes and say all right you're in a tournament in the middle of uh, texas and you've got to be on the water first thing tomorrow morning what are we going to do right and our guys are instructed to find solutions no matter what it is and to make that customer happy no matter what. And if, if, if a customer calls and has any kind of problem and you can do that for them, then there's a good chance you'll have that customer for life. Sure. You know, it only takes one experience for the customer to hang up the phone and goes, dang, that sucked. Well, maybe I'll try this brand B next time and instead of this one. And that's one thing that we'll never allow to happen. So no matter what, if you call our office, our, our tech support guys, our customer service guys and girls, they're instructed to at no expense at any expense to make that customer happy, to do whatever it takes. So they want to be a customer of ours for life. It's your, it sure shows. I mean, everywhere I go, um, and, and I'm blessed, you know, I, I deal, not everybody deals with as many brands as I get to deal with. You know, Yamaha, I think I have always had great customer service. Maui Jim Sunglasses, great customer service. But I tell people that I don't know of a company out there, John, and, and just to pat you on the back, your people on the back, the philosophy on the back, I don't know of a company out there that does customer service any better than Powerball. I really don't. And some people might say, you know, well, you know, your cat, Mike, you know, TV and radio and charter. And, you know, he, of course they take care. They take care of everybody. Like I hear it from everyone I talk to. 
I go to seminars and talk uh-huh. to people I've never talked to before. And, you know, power pole comes up. We're standing by my boat. We're at the boat ramp. We're at my marina. I have customers on my boat. Man, I can't believe the customer service out of that place. It's unbelievable. You know, I had this issue and made a phone call. And the next thing you know, I got parts and this is fixed or that. I mean, it was just, it's really, again, and, and I, I don't know any other way to do this, but applaud you for it because there's so many companies, in my opinion, that don't get it. You know, I think you've just done yeah. a great well, job you, with Mark. that. Yeah, you've just done a great job with that. So let's talk. Let's talk about the power pole charge quick. How how does the power pole charge come about? I mean, what a, what a unique. I mean, what, what drove you to go down that path? Because that's a really unique tool. Well, okay, so the thought of being able to charge your trolling motor batteries from your outboard engine is not a new concept, but there are ways to do it better than what's been on the market for years now uh, past where, you know, when I say better, I mean, I want to capture a hundred percent of the power that the alternator on my outboard engine can produce anytime that flywheel is spinning. I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm only getting 30% or 10% of what it can put out. I want all of it. And so we talked through what it would take to, to achieve that. And, and we came with a, where let's take power from your engine battery and drain it so that it has a place to put all the power that it can produce. And then he said, well, if we do that, then we need a way to put power back into the engine battery in case, for heaven's sakes, maybe your engine won't start. Right. So he said, all right, well, let's design um, a boosting feature that can take power from your trolling motors and actually give it back to your engine. And so those are the pieces that we put together. And so what that means is when you're running your engine you're charging obviously your engine battery and then we're pulling from it, charging your trolling motor battery. And then when you stop running your engine, if you have any excess in your engine battery, we continue to to charge your trolling motor batteries with that engine battery and bring it down, basically make a space for your alternator to fill it back up. That's so So, crazy. crazy. No matter what, we're going to get a hundred percent of your alternator. Some like my little mercury on my, my Maverick. It, it, I think I get about maybe 20 amps net gain out of my alternator where my Yamaha is about 35 amps. I hear some of the bigger mercuries are 50, 60 amps. Every bit of that with the charge system is, isn't used. It's any, if you have a place to put it, whether it be in your engine or your trolling motor battery, we're we're taking it and uh, and storing it. Such a uh, and the other ones. Go ahead. The the other ones on the market don't do that at all. They basically wait until your engine's full, and then they'll skim off the top and only give you the excess. Um, and that's and they can only move. I think it's about ten amps. So it doesn't matter how big your alternator is. It's only going to move or, or capture about 20 amps out of your alternator, which just doesn't really amount to much right. um, when you're talking about 
at 36, you know, going 10 amps at 12 volts is only like three and a half amps, 3.3 amps at 36 volts. So it's not a lot. How long did it, how long did it take you from, from, Hey, I wonder if we can do this to ta-da. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> I mean, how, what, what, you know, is that a three year process? It was, was it a... Yeah, it was about three or four years. A funny story, we have an electrical engineer here uh, by the name of Albert, great guy, super um, intelligent, uh, uh, just diligent as can be, and he was working on it, and we were having some problems with it right out of the gate with just doing basic, we call it buck and boost, so that's moving power up and back, bucking and boosting. We had problems with that, and um, the, the little circuits on the board kept burning up, and well, and I was getting really frustrated because I was like, God, you know, we're not making any progress and this same problem keeps happening. Now we're going to, hey, John, I I think I got it. I want you to come and, and I'll give you a demo. I said, all right, I want you to boost at 30 amps. And so he kicked it on and boom, there it goes, boosting 30 amps. I said, wow, that's cool. All right, now switch it to buck at 30 amps and switches over to buck. Poof, a big puff of smoke came out of it. I just, I, I put my hands in the air and I just left the office like, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen. And I went to one of our other, our, our C, uh, CF, our CTO, um, chief technical officer. He's the, the big man in charge of all electronics. And I said, Hey, David, you know, what's going on? He said, do you remember back in the day when we first made the brushless power pole motor? how many times we let the smoke out of that before we finally got it all dialed in right and now it never does it it just you know and, and I, I was like you know what david you're right we went through this for almost a year where we just couldn't keep it together and a couple of tweaks a couple of tweaks and then before you know it we're in the magic spot and it just never fails it always works because this charger is going to be the same way so I went back to Albert and I said, hey, Albert, all right, you know, keep working on it. And he did. And within about two months, he found out all the little things that were not right, fixed them, and here we are. So it, it's it's not an easy task to go through. It's, it's really easy to get to the point to where you go, man, this is never going to work. It's just, I don't know what's going on. It's never going to work. You just have to have faith that when all the pieces are in their perfect place, Electronics are electronics. They will do the same thing over and over. And if it's right, it'll be right over and over. And that's kind of where we're at with the charge right now. It's been phenomenal in the field. Very few issues. Yeah, I really uh, I really enjoy mine. I do a lot of – I'm doing a lot of test rides for the uh, Contender 25 Bay that I run. Um, got a new dealer coming to St. Pete Beach. And the guy's been really diligent. He's calling me all the time like, hey, you know, I got a test ride, I got a test ride, I got a test ride. And me trying to be a good soldier, I'm always giving the test rides. And when I open up my console to show them the wiring that Contender does, almost every person is like, what is that? I'm like, oh, you're going to order one of those because I'm fixing to tell you what that is. (laughs) And when you order your boat, you're going to tell them you want a power pole charge in there because it is absolutely game changing. The other thing I like about it is again, being able to emergency boost your system if you have an issue. 
you know, for mm-hmm. me, I, I rotate my boats quite often. Usually every year I get a new one. So my batteries are fairly fresh. Everything's pretty new. So, you know, knock on wood, I have issues from time to time, but I don't have a lot of issues. Um, but I tell people, you know, when, when I had boats for long periods of time, sooner or later, you know, the battery is going to give you some issues. That's just kind of the way they've been working. I said, but with the PowerPole charge, being able to eliminate some of those worries, um, that's pretty magical. And for a guy like me, for the tournament guys who are on the road, who are fishing several days, you know, consecutively filming or something like that, you're not always at the greatest place to just plug your, you know, your charger in and, and recharge the batteries. The the fact that you charge on the run um, and I can be charged by the time I get back to the ramp is really a unique feature. It's a really, really great product. You've done so many good things, John. Good, Good work all the way around. Thank you. <clears throat> do you have the electronics that'll show you the I do not. status of what's going on? I do not. I, okay. I can do it through my phone, through the app, but I can't do it. On right, my, right. I can't do it on my machine. No. Okay. But I, that's um, another. That's another thing. And 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 how did? I mean, let's touch on that just real quick here. Um, <laughs> I could go on for hours with you. I mean, obviously, apps have become popular. The way you know, the world is going today, but how did you decide to put all this stuff on the app? I mean, power pole, my power poles are on my app. My power pole charges on my app. How did all that come about? Mm-hmm. Is that just a natural progression of things because of the world you live in, the world you work in? I mean, how did that all of a sudden one day you just said, you know what, we should be able to access all this information on our phone. Right. <laughs> so in 2000, I think it was eight or nine, we started the project of going from a completely analog power pole, which I don't know if you remember, it was just a rocker switch on your dash. Yep, yep. You could get the wireless remote, but it was actually just a plug-in. It wasn't really part of the motor. Um, we wanted to have a brushless motor to be more durable, to be more quiet, more compact. And... When you go to having a when you when you have to have a computer to run a brushless motor, then now you got a computer to do other things. And so you're like, well, let's make this thing smarter. And in 2009, 2010, if you remember, that was kind of like the infancy of the modern day cell phone. So I think Apple, I don't know, somebody's going to correct you, I'm sure, but I think it was around 2007 that the Apple phone first hit the market. Okay. Yep. And it wasn't until you know, that, during that period of time, a lot of people had the Blackberries and whatnot, but it wasn't until like 2010 that it became common for people to have cell phones and the Play Store and the app and all that were real pop, starting to gain popularity. Um, and I was just amazed by it. I was like, we got to have an app. <laughs> and, yeah, this is the future. We, we got to have an app. And, uh, and so we did. That's, that, was, that was the only reason. And, and so when we're writing the software, nice benefit of having an app is as we make improvements to the functionality of the power pole, whether it be a new feature or does something better, um, we post it up to the cloud. Next time you connect to your power pole or your charge using your telephone, it'll automatically pull it down and put it in. It'll ask you, it'll put it into your, and update your unit. So that brings it up to date and you get the latest and greatest features that we've been working on. It's so, it's so impressive. It really is. John, what, let me ask you one more question. What is the future 
of PowerPole, of JL Marine Systems. What does it look like for John? Have you thought about it? Uh, pretty much daily. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, I I get, um, I want to say maybe two or three, sometimes more calls a month that, uh, people that are looking to buy the company, you know, they're usually broker companies representing somebody and, um, they all come into my main power pole extension uh, and I think I check that voicemail about once every six months. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, I can't think of anything that I would rather do better than to work with this group of guys and girls and making what I want to say would be the world's best products, whatever we decide to be, to make, I want I want them to be the world's best, nothing better. Um, and as, as you know, and it's no secret in the industry, we're really close to launching our trolling motor. And that's been a project that's been in the makings now for over seven years. Um, a lot of really cool technology. Uh, I can't wait to get you on the water to I demo it. I can't wait you. either. I've been, I've been itching and scratching and biting ever since you teased me that day. I, I'll, I'll tell the story. I, I, was, I was at PowerPole for some other reason, uh, seeing Kurt, the head of the pro staff, something chit chatting and, uh, around the corner, which doesn't very often happen or hasn't happened to me all that often. Uh, I mean, especially in the last several years, you know, here comes John walking around the corner and, uh, John's like, you want to see something cool? And his eyes were kind of lit up and I'm like, yeah. So he just starts, he's like, come with me. I, he starts leading me around these corners and over the hill and through the woods. And next thing you know, we're in this little secret crazy room and I walk in there and it's like, it looked like a mad scientist shop. In there. there was all kinds <laughs> of toys and gimmicks. And that's when you had first told me, Hey, you know, we're going to do this. You know, we're a ways out. We're working on it. Um, and I remember that day thinking to myself that because people have asked me, you know, in the conversations I've had about power pole, you know, a lot of people, wherever I'm at, if I'm, you know, doing a seminar, or, you know, I'm out of town on the road filming or whatever I'm doing. And, and people are like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, do you know the power pole people? I'm like, well, yeah, I know John pretty well. I've known him, you know, since he was, it was just a little bitty shop. I mean, you know, when it was really just getting started and, and people always ask me about that you know, how is it that this guy with this incredible product, now multiple products that are incredible, how is he still own this thing? How is some big company not come in and throw so much money mm-hmm. at John that John's like, nope, that number will work. I think I got to take that. We're out of here. And I always tell people, I always thought, and again, this is really how I explain it. I think two things. I think John truly cares about the people that have helped him do this. And I think that's probably the big thing. And I also think that every time I see John Oliverio, he seems to be very happy. He seems to be very content. I think you have found a sweet spot doing what you love to do with a group of people that you really care about, that really love the environment that you've created over there. And I, I tell people, I said, I think that another one of John's gifts is that it's not about it's not about having more money than God. It's about 
being happy with what you do. Obviously, everybody wants to make money and be successful, and you've obviously done that. But I think finding that happy place in your soul um, that I personally, at least from the outside looking in, John, I always see a really happy guy. And I think that's all part of, of what makes it such a magical place. You being able to do what you really love to do, be creative, do the things you do because you've set the business up to let your managers manage. You got a whole nother building going on over here. Over here, you're doing what you love to do. You're working on the trolling motor and the next gadget and the next hoodat and the next toy. And you know that the other part of the building the brand that you've built is being run and taken care of and you don't have to worry about it. You get, you just get to do John stuff. And I think that's, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, John's just a happy guy doing what he's doing. I think you're really good at it. Um, and of all the people in, in business that I've met through the years, you know, I, I was in the aluminum business and, um, I've done a bunch of business dealings. Uh, I've been blessed. I, you are one of the most inspirational business people that I've ever met. So uh, hats off to you. Congratulations and, and keep up the good work. I can't, I just, I always get excited you, when, I always get excited when something new is coming from PowerPole because I know, you know, that it's going to be unique. It's going to be awesome. And like you said, it's going to be the best on the planet. So my hats off to you. You've done a great job. Thank you, Mike. I sure appreciate that. Yeah, no worries, my friend. I, you know what I appreciate? I appreciate you giving us a little bit of time today. Thank you. That was, uh, that was a lot that of fun. fun. Yeah. That was, <laughs> Anytime. That was uh, good. You know, that was talking good. Talking about where I've been and what I've done is, is sometimes, uh, painful for me, but <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed it. I really did. Well, I think people will, people will enjoy it as well because, um, I think you're a great story. I think you're a, a great human being. You've always been great to me. Um, you've been, there's so many of us in the fishing business that, uh, you know, every time I pull up to a dock in eight foot of water, that's holding a pile of fish. My world is a much better place that I've got twin power poles in the back <laughs> of my 25 contender. Amen. Bay, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So it's good stuff, John. Thank you so much. And, uh, hopefully I'll run into you soon. We can get caught up and, uh, and talk some more, but I appreciate your time today. Yeah, hit me up when you have some time. Let's get on the water. I got some units to, that uh, I'm demoing right now. Sounds good. I'll do that. I'll give you a buzz. Take care, my friend. We appreciate right. you. Thanks, See you, pal. All right. Thank you. Well, hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. John Oliveria, one of my very favorite people on the planet. Uh, if you... Want some more information on PowerPole? Go to power-pole.com. That's the website. They've got the charge up there. They've got the power poles, the whole line of power poles, shallow water anchors up there. It's a great company. I've been associated with PowerPole for close to 20 years now, and uh, John's a neat guy. We fished against one another on tour for many, many years. Great angler, great human being, as you can tell from uh, from the podcast. He's just a super sincere, quality guy. So, uh, um, it's, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that. Real Animals Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, ritampabay.com, and Spotify. Remember, it's really important to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, that's a good thing. We try to drop podcasts up uh, every Tuesday or so. So uh, uh, sometimes we get in a little rut and can't get them out because of uh, my schedule, but uh, that's what we try to do anyway. So it's good stuff. Remember, the Real Animals Podcast is always presented by the good people at 
contender boats. If there's somebody out there that you would like to hear me do a podcast with, you can uh, message me on any of my social media platforms on Facebook at the Real Animals Fishing Show or on Instagram at Real Animals TV. Have a great day. We appreciate you listening.